0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky Copyright 2020, Campari America, New York, New York Never compromise, drink responsibly
3: Anthony for it in. It's like one. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wayne
1: Tell me who can guard in this league.
0: I'll put a gun to my own head.
1: Welcome to the award-winning RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by Prediction Strike. It's Friday, September fourth, twenty twenty. Alex Berutha here. Shannon McEwan next to me on the line is Ken Ktrain Kreitz. All aboard! Today's going to be a news-heavy podcast. We're talking about playoff games. We're talking about Steve Nash, John Morant, and then we're going to touch on Friday DFS. But first. The Raptors win on a half-second three-pointer from O.G. Anobi, his only field goal attempt of the second half.
2: Oh, so angry. I went and did work for an hour just to try to take my mind off it. I was so, so angry.
1: The corporate overlords, thank you. Although I guess technically (laughs) you're a corporate overlord, so I don't know.
2: (laughs) Luckily, I had a CBS Sports contract to distract me, but uh, oh, God, I couldn't sleep last night.
1: Tatum did not have a great game. Five for 18. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Raptors trade shot
2: for 40. for Deal him now.
1: <laughs> Just re- redo the trade. Uh, <laughs> Raptors shot 42% from three, over 50% in the second half. Siakam's still struggling, but Lowry had 31 points. They
2: found uh, something with Lowry. Here's what they found with Lowry. He can post up the Celtic guards. And did a great job. of You know, he wasn't hitting his shot in the first half, but he posted up like he was a power forward. It was it was it was actually impressive. The guy's a bowling ball. And when he puts your his bumpus in you, yeah. it worked.
3: That bumpus. He's got that old school old man. <laughs> he's got there. an old school bumpus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, He knows how to use it.
1: <laughs> uh, can you notice something on Instagram, actually, which was the most surprising thing this morning, is that you sent you sent me an Instagram link. Kirk you know, I'm plugged
2: into the kids and the IG, baby. What's going on? Uh, Kirk Goldsberry, ESPN, he's the one that found it. I just merely saw it. Noticed that um, with a bubble and no crowds sitting courtside, um, Larry, who had seven foot five taco fall, guarding him on the inbound to purposely distract him, Larry was able to back up an extra two or three feet. That would have been fans had this been... It sure as that heck would have been crazy and sure as heck would have been fans if this was in Boston as it was supposed to be. And I think he has a heck of a lot harder time throwing it over Taco if he's much closer to the uh, sideline. Uh, anyway, the Goldsberry graphic was pretty interesting. We'll embed it in the article story. Um, I had a little interesting side bet. Hey, the Raptors still win. To think the Celtics were going to go 7-0 to start the playoffs, all 17 banners... No Celtic teams ever started the playoffs 7 and 0. I don't think they really need to panic. You know, in fact, I think this helps coach Stevens put some panic uses it for motivation. Uh but man, I was
1: really banking on us up being 3 I can't lie. <laughs> uh, uh Shannon, the betting lines for the series have moved to Celtics -225, Raptors +180. Uh do you still think the Celtics are going to win the series? Do you think any of those bets are good? Either of those bets are good value.
3: Yeah, I, I think the Celtics are still the prohibitive favorite here. I mean, you have OG had probably his best game of the playoffs. Yeah, he, he might have another. Solid I mean, his game. game
1: last time was good too.
3: Yeah, but last night was on a little bit of a higher level. And also, Tatum probably had one of his worst games of the, yeah. of the what we would expect True. in the playoffs. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Just those two things aligning make me and and the Raptors still only pull off a one point last second game winner. I don't I don't have faith in the Raptors. I think I just Raptors are a good, solid team. They have great chemistry, but I think the Celtics are the better squad. Who
2: was it that the Raptors were down 0-2-2 last year and came back on? Was that in the Eastern Finals? Of course, they had Kawhi Leonard last year. Big difference, but there, there if you're a, a Raptor yeah. fan, you cling to that. You were down 0-2 last year and came back
3: again. They had Kawhi Leonard. Right. it's it's so much who was, different. Oh,
2: who was it that they came back on with
3: that? I mean, it? I would argue they should have lost. They they should have lost to the Sixers and never made even made the conference finals. I mean that Kawhi shot is still yeah. ridiculous. I mean it's and, the I, most I, ridiculous game winner. I, I can't I can't I, think of a one that's.
2: Well, I'm just trying to put a positive spin on it for Raptors fans that they've nope. been in this situation before. Blah blah blah. Heart of a champion, Rudy Tomdanovich quote. Blah blah blah. But uh, I clearly am a Celtics fan and don't want. I don't know why I'm giving them some sunshine. Let's let's just move on.
1: <laughs> uh, and unfortunately for me, that was the Bucks that they were down 0-2, oh, two, yeah. two, uh, came
2: back. Um, uh,
1: one quick thing before we move on: Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, and Marcus All. Have made a combined five three pointers this series through three games. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I give Lowry credit though. At least when he was missing again in the first half, he did you know did the old school when your shots not dropping, go inside. That
3: I do want I want to point out though that those three guys are not good three point shooters. Just so is I want to clarify that,
2: and Gasol is aging before our very eyes. I mean, he's getting outworked by Tice, uh, which is yeah. some.
1: He, you know, a few years ago would have just destroyed. Gasol is cementing issues at this point. <laughs> uh,
2: big burrito for uh, having this lengthy a career. Great guy off the court, too. And anyone who allows his nickname to be the Big Burrito, tip of the hat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, a more lopsided game uh, also happened, Ken. Yeah.
2: Denver. Um, Clippers easily beat an exhausted Nugget squad, 120 to 97. Uh, Murray shoots five of 15 from the field. Jokic six of 14. Uh, finally, a good game from Paul George, 19 points, seven boards, four dimes, two steals. Shot well, six of 13 from the field. Shannon, thoughts on Game One out in uh, Clippers versus Nugs.
3: I, you know, I, I think the Nuggets could have used an extra day off, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially yeah. if anyone if anyone missed Jamal Murray's reaction to that after winning. We're playing what? Yeah. We're
2: playing when? Um, That's
3: great.
2: I love that reaction. He's a great it, interview.
3: He is. Um, it's they and based on how they played, I, I think they obviously needed that extra day off. Um, and that that was one of the bigger parts and then the Clippers were just humming there. I mean, everything was clicking for him when you have Marcus Morris, you know, basically being unstoppable and he's like your fifth option, then good luck. Good luck beating the Clippers when that happens. Um, <laughs> I
2: loved it when they, the announcers quoted Jokic saying, well, I'm not tired. And then they went off like on our sarcastic, uh, uh, diatribe about how, you know, how rock solid and and in shape Jokic is,
1: who also looks like he just returned from flavor country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh the nuggets never led by more than six points uh, in this game that was all in the first quarter um lakers or excuse me clippers ended up winning by 23 their lead was as high as 29 points at some point nuggets only shot 25 percent from three 67 percent from the free throw line you're almost n- never going to win a game in the nba when that's the case I no. um, as we alluded to, they were probably tired, while the Clippers were extremely fresh. And yeah, um, yeah I think that's I think uh, that's a lot of what it comes down to. Leonard, uh, the way Leonard just casually drains
2: uh, bad mid-range jumpers—bad meaning analytics-wise—you know—are not shots you're supposed to take, and he just casually drains them with that massive hand flip. It's you, you know, and you think like there, it seemed like there were two or three times where Jeremy Grant had good defense. On Kawhi, and he just drained like three feet off the elbow, a, you know, bad percentage shot. And he hit it like he was getting out of bed.
3: Uh, we saw it last year in the playoffs, too. Yeah. I, I don't think there's such thing as good defense on Kawhi. It doesn't matter. Um, he's he's automatic from mid range. And he's just he, he's in that playoff zone, just like mm-hmm. we saw last season. He's doing it again this year. He did it against the Mavs. Um, my my question is, all right, so we saw how lopsided this game was with the Clippers having extra rest, Denver coming off that seven-game series. Are we expecting the same kind of result in game one of the Rockets-Lakers? I mean, it exhausted Houston. I was It's get the to same that. set. Yeah. yeah, it's the same yeah. setup, right?
2: I, I do. Uh, I mentioned that in our little uh, – in Nick's – has Nick posted his story yet where he got all our feedback for the round two West yes. games? Good, yeah. good, good. Excellent read. That's what – yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially a team that plays as run heavy pace
1: as the Rockets. Um, I, I yeah. Do what do you guys I, think? No, I'm glad you brought that up, Shan, because that's something I was thinking about as well. Where before this game, before this Nuggets game, the spread was I think plus nine for the Nuggets, and I was like, Clippers aren't really nine points better than the Nuggets, but I wasn't really taking into account the rest. And now you have Lakers, Rockets. Lakers are only six and a half point favorites over the Rockets. And like you're alluding to with the extra rest, maybe, again, this turns into another blowout where the Rockets are just too tired. And so I think this is a, this is an opportunity where even if, you know, I think this can be a competitive series, I would I would be shocked if the Lakers, I would say, lose game one, given the rest circumstances. They're also probably getting Rondo back, which should help. Do you think Dwight Howard sees many minutes in this series?
3: Yeah, that's actually something I was curious about uh, curious about with Javale and Dwight Howard right is I mean, I kind of think, the
2: quicker runner isn't he uh,
3: I uh, my my thing with the the matchup based when you're looking at the matchup it's do do they play either one of them I mean what's oh. the need why not just play Anthony Davis at the five for the majority of his minutes and you can actually run and then the Lakers can run out their best five guys so you're starting Marquise Morris Davis Morris Morris or Kuzma whichever one uh, you could even yeah. start in a you could even start KCP you know and have Danny Green right. and KCP start
1: I I wonder if they'll cuz if you have if you have a center and AD on the court Robert Covington is going to have to either guard AD or like Dwight Howard and so maybe they try to get the advantage that way cuz if AD's at center PJ Tucker guards him PJ Tucker's a fire hydrant AD can't go through him not that 80 likes to go through guys anyway. Yeah. I was impressed with Covington's
2: inside defense, actually, in the first round. It's a really good shot blocker. Yeah. He played taller
3: his, than I expected. His interior defense is good going against good. his matchup in mm-hmm. round one. Going against yeah. Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> not going to work. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Good point. Good play. Um. Yeah, Rockets plus 370 win the series, Lakers minus 560 to win the series. From a betting perspective, I don't know if either of those are great value. Although, Ken, I think, don't you believe the Rockets are going to win the series? I am picking the Rockets
2: to win the series purely on, I mean, hey, it's all dependent. Harden has to shake off some of his recent poor shooting, but purely on just a, they get hot from three. The Lakers play too many, you know, give Howard and McGee too many minutes. And uh, I think that, uh, my thinking is the Rockets punt game one, get their legs back though, and then run the Lakers off the floor. We'll see. We'll see. It's either going to be the Lakers just crush them or
1: the Rockets just outrace them for a, for a W. This is about as good of a matchup as possible for the combo of Westbrook and Harden from a, who's guarding them standpoint. Just keep running. Keep pushing the ball. Dort. There's no one like Dort on the, Lakers. You, There's no like Dort, period, baby. I, I, I'm i not saying that these guys
3: are Dort nowadays in their prime. They're really good perimeter defense defensive players. But you don't think uh, Danny Green and KCP can do a good job against those two? I mean, those they, those guys are known as. Four years as, ago. Four years okay, ago. Yeah. I, you think yeah. they're past their prime? Because they are. I mean, that's what they're old Danny
2: for. Green, D- what's, what's KCP at? 30? Uh, I don't know. I, take it back. Pull,
1: yeah. Danny Green, I think, is a little a little past his prime. And I think he's a better like step in front of guys, cut them off defender. And I I don't think he's big enough to take like those bumps from Harden. I think Harden can just bump him all the way to the rim and get a layup. Um, KCP is interesting. Caruso is interesting. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in either of those guys to, to slow Harden down, Harden and Westbrook down in the way that, um, a healthy, underdid. a healthy motivated Rondo
2: is not bad, but he's you know, and younger Rondo.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> we're talking about a younger, 20, healthier, more yeah, motivated 20, Rondo. twenty-two, twenty-three year old Rondo. Okay, I can get behind that. <laughs> right, right.
1: Rondo might be able to like, Rondo, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be some Olay defense there. He might be able to get in like Westbrook's head, but Westbrook is still so fast at this point that he's still gonna blow by people. Um. In non-playoff news, Steve yeah. Nash was hired as the coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, <laughs> this was extremely shocking for ah. multiple reasons. Uh, one, no idea Steve Nash was interested in coaching. Um, was not expecting this to be announced now. And then as a Bucks fan realizing, wait, the Nets exist. They have Kevin Durant. Uh, and they're already struggling against Miami Heat in this playoff series. But my main concern is is that I think the Nets might be likable now. <laughs> and I was not prepared to like the Nets.
2: Uh, except for he's not playing, remember. He's just on the sidelines. Even still. You know, Stephen A. Smith, uh, calling this white privilege, I would say this is actually Kevin Durant privilege. It's clear that Durant and Nash had a great relationship at Golden State. You talk about whether Nash did or did not want a coach. I've got to believe this was... a a Durant-driven idea and then recruitment push. It sure sells tickets, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know if they need another push to sell tickets, but... It's uh, interesting. It's interesting. I mean, it takes me back to Celtics going player coach Bill Russell and then Dave Cowens plus Tommy Heinsohn in there.
3: Uh... Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the part that makes it interesting is the fact that he has no coaching experience. Right. Um, and that they like almost begged him to do that. I was going to say,
2: can you argue he's on the Dan Tony coaching tree just by playing for Dan Tony?
3: Uh, I, I guess. Um, but you've got a guy who is essentially doing like premier league studio hosting <laughs> yeah, gigs right. for the past year or two. Yeah. And now he's a head coach in the NBA. Um, it's interesting. I, I, I mean, it's not weird for a former point guard, especially one who's of his caliber. I mean, Hall of Fame player, two-time MVP. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like that, that's Hansel enough. Coach
2: the Washington Bullets with zero experience.
3: Well, he yeah, do particularly Doc, well, but
2: a terrible roster.
3: Doc Rivers, Isaiah Thomas, Jason Kidd, Steve Kerr—all yeah. guards who went on to coach without any previous experience. So, I mean, it's not—you know—it's it, not unheard of. Right. And you've got guy. I mean, Doc Rivers is still coaching today. Jason interesting is, that they made Vaughn called,
1: top assistant. Yeah, top the assistant.
3: So I mean, these guys. It, it, I like it. I think it's interesting. I don't think it moves the the needle on far as far. I don't. I don't think it matters who the NBA coach is most that for most teams.
2: Yeah, I think. Do um, so you just I mean, need it, a shrink that's able
1: to get guys to actually play motivated with Kyrie Irving? Right. Yeah, I think the more talented your team is, the more it's ego management, less X's and O's. And it sounds like Jock Vaughn is still going to be... It sounds like it's as much they of a partnership. They made him highest-paid
2: assistant, didn't they? I thought I yeah. saw
1: that they bumped his salary up big, knowing he's going to have to carry a heavier load. Right. So, uh, the players trust Jock Vaughn, at least. All, all the young guys are going to trust Jock Vaughn because he helped them you know, in throughout the bubble, empowered a ton of those guys, um, and has been in the organization. So, I think... I'm not sure. There's really. It, I mean, he's such a wild card. Like I, like Shannon said, how much does this actually move the me- needle? No idea. Which, um, what net teammates do you think Kyrie won over this season? I mean, zero. I don't know. right? Spencer like, Dinwiddie is on Twitter talking like he's not part of the team. Right? Like he's like, it'll be really interesting to see what the roster moves are this offseason. Right? Like, what you. You play thirty minutes a game for this team. And then Barkley and then Shaq on TNT goes, Who's Dimwitty? I'm like, Really? You don't know
2: who Spencer Dimwitty is? Come on. Uh, he tried to play it off like, Oh, I didn't know his first name. Really? Anyway, that that's a whole
1: nother topic of He he does have like a math teacher name. So He'd be an excellent accountant.
3: Yeah. Another former Pistons show, showing how great the Pistons are at drafting folks. I mean, imagine yeah. how good they would be if they had Dinwiddie and Middleton on the team right now. Oof. Pair that with Blake Griffin. Oh, I'm. Oh, Mitchell. Yeah. Add a little
1: Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly.
1: It's going to be huge. Uh, okay. A very contentious series now. Uh, Ken, we have to move on to Bucks Heat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh.
2: 6.30 Eastern time tonight. Miami's up 2-0. Two questionable players for the Heat. Kelly Olenek with a knee issue. Andre Iguodala with an ankle issue. Heat are now favored. Minus 167 to win the series. given the same model odds to win the title as Milwaukee. Plus 700. Uh, I'm going to hand this over to you, Alex. What are your thoughts as a Bucks fan heading into game three? I
1: have a lot of thoughts. Uh, so I'm going to try to cut these down a little bit. Um, the, <laughs> it's very clear what the, the Heat are doing to Giannis. It's been clear the whole time. It was clear in the regular season. Bud had ages to prepare for this, and he did not. Um, also, some of the Bucks' defensive, uh, what they do on defense sometimes, makes zero sense. They'll go under screens on Goran Dragic. They'll go over screens on Jimmy Butler. You should never go over a screen on Jimmy Butler. That makes zero sense. Um, <laughs> Bud refuses to post up Brook Lopez when Kelly Olynyk is in the game. I don't understand that. Kelly Olynyk is six foot nine. Brook Lopez is a mountain. And now um, limping. Six foot nine and now limping. Yes, and it's. I mean, what they're doing to Giannis. I mean, Giannis had a better second game, but it they're preventing him from doing what made him an MVP. And they are making the Bucks decide, do we want Giannis to be basically a pick and roll, like play Giannis at center and be a pick and roll guy? Is that what we reduce the MVP to? Um, or do you just have him now shoot a tongue of threes like he's Lou Dort? And like, <laughs> right. I mean, really, like those are the, yeah. those are your two options now, because he can't play like he normally plays. Is he a pick and roll big or is he someone that should, should just shoot? Should he be shooting nine threes a game every Because no. he's a better three point shooter than Dort. Should he be guarding Jimmy Butler? And I know people. Let's be my last thing. I know people say like Youngest doesn't play the same position as Jimmy Butler. It doesn't make sense for Youngest to guard Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler doesn't shoot threes. You're the defensive so, player of the year. He's the defensive. You Youngest is, out the stud. Yes. Youngest is a defensive player of the year. Jimmy Butler doesn't shoot threes. You don't have to worry about Butler on the perimeter. Youngest can go under every single screen. Yeah. Um. And bother Giannis or bother Butler when he takes mid-range jumpers and goes to the rim. And I know Butler draws a lot of fouls. And he might get Giannis in foul trouble. Giannis is prone to that. They they just have to do something that isn't what they're doing.
2: And I know they you almost want
1: Bud to make changes, or is he going to stubbornly stick with what's not working? If he doesn't make changes, Bucks fans are going to be like, you know, maybe Jason Kidd wasn't that bad. <laughs> so. That's that's enough if, for me. I'm, all I'm right, gaming. let me ask you this: Is Bud
2: gone? They lose if they lose this series four to one, could happen, right?
1: Is Bud yeah. gone? No, I don't think so. No, they'll. No. I think they'll do. I'll, I, they would do. I think a ton of other stuff to shake things up. Then who would be making that call? Giannis or the front office? I mean, I'm sure if Giannis like really came to the front office and was like I'm done with this guy that they would do it but I'm not sure if Giannis the only is way. that type yeah. of
3: guy I yeah, believe that's the seem, only way he does, way does they not do it. seem like that kind of guy. Um, I I still think the Bucks are going to win this series um, I Giannis actually in my opinion had a very good game, good game. Uh, in game 2 uh, game 1's a whole other story um, Middleton not as good but they're I mean they're getting to the line they're hitting their free throws they're just they've hit They've hit 19. Let me, let me get these stats right. The Bucks have hit uh, 23 three-pointers compared to 29 for the Heat. So it's not that big of a difference. They're getting to the free-throw line more than the Heat. the Heat. The Heat were 25 for 27 from the free-throw line in Game 2. That might be – or, I'm sorry, in Game 1. I mean, that's pretty
1: ridiculous. That doesn't happen very often. <sighs> the, the only – So, of the four factors, which are efficiency from the field, turnovers, offensive rebounding, and free throws made to field goal attempts, Miami's up in three of those. The only stat that Milwaukee is winning is the rebounding battle. Mm -hmm. They're losing efficiency from the floor, they're losing the turnover battle, they're losing the free throw battle. So, that's a concern, obviously. And...
3: I don't know what you do about it. I I think it'll help having, I mean, Bledsoe missed game one, you know, he came back in game two. He looked okay. If he plays better, um, Middleton, Middleton and Giannis kind of traded good games through the first two games of the season or series. Uh, you know, if you have those two, both firing on all cylinders and Bledsoe contributes, then the, then the bucks have an an easy path or easier path to victory. Um, I still think they're the better team. They're going to win. It's been close. Game two was a total toss up. I mean, that was came down to the final minutes. So, you know.
2: Alex, how do you feel about Eric Bledsoe's performance? A lot of criticism for him last year. How do you feel how he's done in these first two games against the Heat?
1: Well, he didn't play in the first one, and the second one he was fine. I mean, he 16 points on 14 shots, seven yeah. boards. Nice. Better yeah.
2: defense though. Defensive. Wasn't him. Dragic has no,
1: done well, no, you know, no defensive stats. Didn't really slow down. Dragic. Dragic is like, I don't know what's going on with Dragic. That Dragic out of bio pick and roll is like Harden, hardened Clint Capella. Like I, I don't know what's <laughs> Dragic, going on. You know what? I guess when you don't start the whole season, it helps you find the fountain of youth. They're just saving him. Why not? Um, I mean his Bledsoe's you know, his his net rating stuff doesn't look good, but it's a one game sample, so I he was fine. I mean Bledsoe is not Bledsoe is not the issue. This is this is like a game plan issue for Milwaukee at this point. Blame yeah. You you it, the blame I think has to start with because because I mean Lopez is averaging twenty, Middleton's averaging twenty five, um, you know, Young's is averaging twenty four, like I don't know. It's it's
2: rough. So is Giannis on Butler the one move you want to see or do you want to see him change the offense?
1: What's the one thing they, they you really want to see the Bucks change? Um that's a really good question. I am not necessarily I think they have to get better on defense first cuz right. Miami's scoring 120. They're Miami's offensive ranking is 120 which is four points better than the Mavericks offense in the regular season, which was the best offense ever in the history of basketball. <laughs> you cannot let Miami put up historically good offensive numbers against you. They're just not that good on offense. And the Bucks are at 113 offensive rating, which is fine. So I think, like, Youngest on Butler is, is a strong move. I would do it, but I would also just be more focused on, like, just making smarter reads, like switching when you can like just switch on to Duncan Robinson when it's like two guards in a screen, go under every Jimmy Butler screen. Like to me, that's insane that you would ever go over a Jimmy Butler screen, just like little stuff like that. Um, I think would, would be the most helpful. So I think it is mostly defense.
2: All right, fellas, let's move on to our last news item. Thank you, Alex, uh, to the surprise of no one, Ja Morant won rookie of the year. I would say a lot of the suspense was gone when they asked Taylor Jenkins to announce the winner. Uh, Taylor Jenkins, a head accountant and head coach of your Memphis Grizzlies. Um, uh, He won the vote 99 to 1 over Zion, and technically Kendrick Nunn was second, not Zion, for Rookie of the Year. Um, Thoughts, gentlemen, on the Rookie of the Year award?
1: Deserved, 100%. Uh, No question, no reason to vote for Zion, no reason to vote for Kendrick Nunn. Morant was awesome. 17.8
2: 17.8 points a game, 7.3 assists, almost four rebounds
1: was a huge reason that the Grizzlies almost made the playoffs. Their preseason expectations were among the worst in the NBA. They were going. Everybody thought they were going to be a bottom three team, and they were in it until literally the last, the very, very end. And held them Moran together
2: after they there. lost Jackson.
1: Phil so Brandon yeah. Clark's a great guy. He was awesome in the bubble, Morant, and that didn't count for the stats. That didn't count, technically, in the rookie of the year voting. Um, but there was, I mean, he should have won it regardless. I mean, you know. Um, I'm just excited to see what he can do moving forward, because he's going to be one of the best guards in the NBA.
3: Yeah, it's it's not surprising. I don't think the, the results are surprising at all. Um, Zion was good in the times that he played, but he played 20, 24 games. So... That's just yeah. not enough availability. Yeah, he played 19 before the bubble, I think. So right. like. Right. That's yeah. just that's just you not enough. You could argue
2: he didn't really play in the bubble even when he was on the floor. Yeah, oh, he liked two good burn. games. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I I'll tell you what, the one thing I'm surprised by in the voting and I, I think none had a very good rookie year. It's kind of already been forgotten about because he he's <laughs> you know, Auto- gone MIA. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the playoffs, um the, the but looking at the voting it's, it's kind of surprised to me that Kobe White didn't get more love. Brandon Clark didn't get more lo- love. And yeah. and the most surprising one, who this, this guy didn't get a single vote, is Tyler Hero. I mean, mm-hmm. you could make the argument that Tyler Hero was Rookie of the Year for Miami over Kendrick Nunn. It's Hero missed
2: too
1: hard for fans to tell the time. difference
2: between Hero and, uh, and Robinson. They just think they're the same guy. <laughs>
1: I think I think Hero might have missed too much time, and then they people just gave it to none by default because the stats were close enough. But that, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, the same think, with Clark, right? Like, yeah. I mean, a on a per game, game
3: level, on, on a per game level, Hero is probably the third best rookie in this class. It was cl- It's close. Per it's game close. level. Per game.
1: I mean, per game level. I'm still yeah. partial to Clark. I think Clark had gotten votes over Zion for rookie of the year. I, yeah, I I don't disagree yeah. with
3: that. I, I do think games played is a big part of it. Um, it know, we've had yeah. this debate with Joel and Embiid. Right. His rookie year too, and and Brogdon, when that was the year Brogdon won, I believe. Mm. Um, the only other option I think that year was uh, Dario Sarge, yeah. <laughs> and Dario Dario Sarge actually had a really good right. year, yeah. especially after Embiid basically got shut down. Right. Like sorry, while while Embiid was out, Sarge was really good that year. Um, I actually thought he should have got it over Brogdon. But.
2: All right, gentlemen, well, that was good rookie of the year analysis. But, Alex, tell us about our good friends at
1: Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in this player since day one? Well, well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Did you have stock in Patrick Mahomes' his rookie year? You knew this would happen, now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit predictionstrike.com, no spaces, to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If, if the player beats his projections, his stock moves up, it's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any times as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with code rotowire to get an additional ten dollars with your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. Um, That's code rotowire. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. DFS uh, for Friday. Not a lot interest. of games on the slate. Only two games on the <laughs> slate. say the obvious. Uh, only injuries to really watch for. Olenek and Iguodala are both questionable. Rondo is expected to make his debut. He's technically quite, uh, probable with back spasms. Uh, as far as the spreads and totals go, Bucks five and a half point favorites over the Heat, 223 and a half over under. Lakers, six and a half fav- point favorites over the Heat, 224 over under. So very similar there. Do you like um, the under? Do you like the under in
2: the Rockets-Lakers game if the Rockets are spent, they're exhausted? Does it become
3: slow? They might just give up on defense.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, if it's a 25-30 point blowout, then yeah, the under is looking good.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe the Rockets... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like when teams are tired, they, a lot of times... They play bad D and they miss jumpers, right? They play bad D and they miss jumpers. Yeah. So I could, I could see the over hitting on, on Lakers heat. I could see the under hitting on uh, our Lakers. Did I say heat twice? Rockets, Lakers, Rockets. Rockets. Um, yeah. Okay. So in terms of guys that we're targeting, I listen, I can't, I cannot stop playing Goran Dragic. Nor can I, or can I, he's at 7,200. It's been good value this entire playoffs averaging 37 fantasy points in the postseason um also passes the eye test when you watch him out there he's handling the ball all the time he's getting open <laughs> yeah. jumpers he's getting to yeah. the rim it, why why
2: change what's working you know what i mean like yeah if you're spolstra it's in budenholzer's culture court to make drastic changes you keep going with what works and that's yeah that's drag holding the ball
1: 100 percent um and then my my second guy, uh, or I guess another guy that that I would be targeting would be Russell Westbrook. Um, you know we kind of talked about potential tiredness, uh, but I also think that this will be the cheapest at eighty five hundred that you will get Westbrook for the remainder of the playoffs. The and, assumption is
2: he explodes for one game. How do you catch that explosion before it happens, not after?
1: Exactly, and so I think eighty five hundred. Um, he played 33 minutes in the game. Seven had a good game. Uh, I think he'll have an easier time against the Lakers guards. Like I mentioned earlier. So, um, there's always a chance for a Westbrook dud, but even if he goes, you know, even if he only scores nine points or something, he can still get you like, you know, 12 assists, 12 rebounds. Uh, and so he can, he, he has got a lot of ways to hit value. Ken, you have a guy that I also thought about targeting, but you beat me to it. Well, you, I agree with both your suggestions as well.
2: I went there just because he's so due, and you just never know when is it going to be that night where he goes seven of ten from three point range, and that's Duncan Robinson, super cheap at forty five hundred. Uh, you just, I just assume like like we said with Westbrook, he's going to have one of those games where he goes off and just, and they decide not to play hero because Robinson's on fire. Maybe that's tonight. Obviously, options are pretty darn limited, so the forty five hundred for Robinson seems appealing. But, Shannon, I look to you always for DFS expertise, as well as Alex. What do you got tonight, Shannon?
3: Yeah, I've had pretty good success going with uh, basically avoiding the most expensive players on these two-game slates. Um, other than, you know, if they're if, if the guy costs $11,000 and he's getting you 55 fantasy points, like, that's great. But i found better value in just Finding those mid-tier price yep. guys and doing a, a mix there. Um, that's kind of my plan for right now. Uh, for tonight, my two most expensive players are Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Um, I'm I'm going to likely make multiple lineups and, and work work Westbrook in because as as Alex mentioned, I, I want to stress how good of a value Westbrook is. Westbrook on the season averaged two less fantasy points per game. Than Anthony Davis on Fanduel, two less fantasy points, and their difference in salary is twenty seven hundred dollars for tonight. That that's an insane gap. I mean, Jimmy Butler seven less fantasy points per game. He's more expensive than Westbrook. At a bio, to almost nine, about nine fantasy points less per game. He's only five hundred less. Than Westbrook, I Westbrook's an insane value. So I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna mix and match. You're not touching Anthony lineups. Davis. Not touching I, Anthony Davis. I am. It's very unlikely I will have Giannis, LeBron, Harden, or Davis in any of my lineups. Um, just because recent success for the past seven ten days
1: has been targeting those mid tier about mid tier price guys. Two game two game slates are tough. Um, you're trying to balance value versus uh, draft percentage. And Westbrook will be we'll have a sky-high draft percentage. It could be 75%. Yeah. But I think the value is still worth it. So you kind of have to weigh that. But I agree with Shannon. Um, I, I had my best DFS night when I think I didn't play anybody over. I didn't play anybody with a 10K salary figure. Um, and yeah, last night I started off really well. I uh, didn't finish quite well, but I had like... Marcus Gasol, Norman Powell, like I just took some risks on those guys because you have to find a way to kind of get at least one or two guys in your lineup who have a low draft percentage. I
3: I will say if I if I am for if I am just forced to go with an expensive guy, I think I'm going with Giannis over LeBron, Harden, and Davis tonight um, because of the blowout potential that we discussed with the Lakers-Rockets game, um, that has me worried. And, you know, if, if you're paying $1,100 for Davis, Harden, or James, and they only play 29 minutes because it's a blowout, that's going to hurt you. Um, but, you know, those blowouts also give you an opportunity to target some of the bench players from those two teams who right. who are going to exceed
1: value. could go Kuzma, um, for example. Yeah.
3: I also I, I want to talk about Bledsoe a little bit more. I I, okay. I love him at the price point of fifty six hundred dollars. Um, yeah, you know, that, that's thing. I love all three point guards. There, there's essentially three point guards who realistically are going to give you solid returns. It's unlikely Hill, Kendrick Nunn, Alex Caruso, even Rondo are going to do much tonight. Could could one of them? Sure. But you've got Dragic, you've got Westbrook, and you've got Bledsoe. Um, I am going to make multiple lineups. Because I love all three of those guys, and for tonight, and I need to get them in my lineups. Who uh, the Pickens
2: seem so slim at center. Who are Mm -hmm. you going with at center?
1: (laughs) Wow, Um, you know Lopez has been good value. He'll be—I mean, Lopez will be, uh, like, he'll be insanely popular. He'll be in almost every single.
3: I I would expect Lopez and Tucker, and I haven't—I haven't done the deep dive. wire projects for their ownerships tonight but i, w- I would expect both of them to be like 40 percent, oh at least yeah
1: yeah um i mean if you're looking for any sort of you know i mean i i wouldn't play Olinik because he's he's hurt and he hasn't really been playing that many minutes so you're really just if you're trying to avoid lopez tucker you have to go javel or or dwight
3: yeah and i don't flipping know in the coin I, on yeah, of those it, two uh why should either of those guys
2: get minutes is what i you know go small right
3: I, that's that's my assumption but if you want to flip if you want to flip the coin on him I mean we've seen McGee can put up a pretty solid stat line even if he gets 18 minutes um, you know he can get you 25 fantasy points in limited run um, you know flipping the coin on one of those two is very very risky if if Olenek is out I'm assuming the heat gives some minutes to Myers Leonard I'm not sure who else Ooh. they have old love in? coming back. I, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that you play him, but he is going to factor <laughs> in if if Olinick's out. He should. I. I mean, if not, that that means Bam's getting 40 minutes. Right.
1: No, that 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 makes sense because what spolster has been doing is he puts Olinick out there and that brings Lopez away from the rim, um, and that's the old Bucks defensive game plan. is keeping Lopez in front of the rim, yep. so I can see. Myers Leonard may be getting 10 to 15 minutes and we know he'll shoot every time he touches it when he's open from three. If he can, (laughs) I mean, if he hits, I mean, I wouldn't be like beside myself if he hit four, three pointers in 12 minutes, like it it would be hot. He'd he'd go like four or five. But I mean, if Olinick's out and
3: they don't play bam more than his usual, 35, 36 minutes, that means, and, and they don't play Leonard. That means they're going extremely small. That means yeah. they're going to run like Crowder out there at center for you know uh, a five minute stretch. It would it right. would be an extremely small lineup. They don't have depth in the front court. Udonis Haslam is not going to see the court, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, the we forgot to mention him when play.
2: naming uh, player coaches. We forgot to mention Haslam.
1: Uh, yeah. In terms of um, between Dwight and Javale, if I'm eyeballing this correctly, I'm pretty sure. Howard has more uh, games with at least thirty fantasy points, so if you're looking for upside, I think technically it's Dwight. Yeah, it, um, I agree with that. But I am also again, it's risky. But if you that would be that that is the easiest way to curb uh, like high draft percentage guys. Absolutely, that's the easiest way. It's just and, ch- switch your center,
3: and there's a better chance than than usual that it's going to be su- a successful game plan because. Lopez and Tucker both put up duds. Like they, they both. They can, yeah. Yeah, they both yeah. are successful. Oh, I can't even speak. They both do that on a regular basis. So it, it's it wouldn't be weird if they both put up 20 fantasy points tonight, and you go and plug in a guy like Dwight Howard, and he's got 9% ownership percentage. Puts and, up
1: 29 fantasy yeah, points.
3: Yeah, puts up more fantasy points than those two. So yeah. So that, that's 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 an option.
1: Okay, I think that was <laughs> that was all the analysis that I have, frankly. Um, on, I don't on think those there are any players left, unless we want to get into a deep dive on Solomon Hill. <laughs> no, Probably. you know, uh, <laughs> Wendy. Maybe this is the night. Um, I would love to see some Udine Haslam minutes, honestly. Uh, okay, uh, can you have an old man ranch for us?
2: Stop the
1: whistles! No blood, no foul.
2: In our day, Bill Lambeer would decapitate someone, and all the ref would care about was who knocked the ball out of bounds. The final calls in Game 2 of Miami-Milwaukee were both absolutely absurd. Airspace? Airspace? Wes Unsell never respected anyone's airspace. Remember Kevin McHale taking out Kurt Rambis in the 84 Finals? As Tommy Heinsohn said doing the call, thats eh, part of the game. Reps, swallow your whistles, especially in the final minute.
3: That's that's how we play it, Rotowire hoops. <laughs> and that's why every time Ken no flies blood, in no foul. Yeah. Yeah, every time Ken flies in he has a hospital visit. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I have a lengthy medical file at the RotoWire, especially considering my infrequent visits, frankly.
3: It's not because we're trying to injure each other. We're just so unathletic that we're we do. Unathletic. That's what <laughs> we, we do. We hurt each we
2: other. We also don't take a foul very well, right? We don't land well. Thank <laughs> God we go to that brewery afterwards. That's all the medication we need. Rub a little <laughs> micro brew on it. Things will be fine. Gentlemen, did I get any uh, names wrong? Did any of us screw up any mispronunciations?
1: I don't think so. We're actually, uh, I'm looking at this slate right now. Oh, it's like pretty easy names. Um yeah, the real reason I recommended Duncan Robinson. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Play Austin Rivers. Kyle <laughs> Corver. Three syllables Jimmy only.
2: Butler. <laughs> Excellent
1: play. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by Prediction Strike. Ken, take us out of here.
2: Let's go to Boston for our out quote. And the Time Lord, Robert Williams, asked last year about the difference between college and the pros. He said, quote, this might sound funny, but I literally don't know the days of the week. I suspect that's even more true in the bubble. Attention passengers, this three-car fantasy track has hit the end of the line. Hello.